Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 314. And now you know. And you know, we wouldn't have made it to Pi episodes without our amazing <laughs> Patreon patrons. And you know what? Just $1 a month support is basically the same as if this video got thousands more views. Wow. It really makes such a huge difference. And YouTube is so inconsistent with what we can actually make. It's really our patrons that make this show possible. So head over to patreon.com slash and sign up for some great perks. We want to thank Birch Living for sponsoring the show. Birch is a premium mattress in a box company that makes mattresses and sleep products that are stylish, comfortable and environmentally conscious. And it's that last part, the environmentally conscious part that really first got my attention because Birch makes organic, non-toxic mattresses made right here in America with just four materials sourced straight from nature. Organic latex, New Zealand wool, American steel springs, and organic cotton. Yeah, I've been sleeping on my Birch mattress for about a year now, and I love it for two big reasons. All right, what's the first reason? First of all, it's super comfortable. My girlfriend and I used to toss and turn way more with my old mattress. With my new Birch mattress, I find that we get much more restful sleep and we both feel more energy in the morning. So what else? What's the second reason? Look, you're going to spend about a third of your life in your bed. And for me, I want a mattress that's going to be made out of organic and natural materials. Exactly. Birch is certified global organic textile standard, Green Guard Gold, Fair Trade, Eco Institute certified, Wool Integrity New Zealand, and Forest Stewardship Council. It's made sustainably, and that's important to us. And Birch Living just introduced their newest mattress, the Birch Lux Natural Mattress. The Lux takes the comfort and luxury of the original Birch mattress to the next level, and it's crafted with responsibly sourced and sustainably produced materials, including organic cashmere. The Lux is specifically created with breathability, cooling, and support in mind, and offers increased airflow and targeted zoned lumbar support. I actually think there's a third and a fourth reason you love your mattress that you may have forgotten about. Okay, it's how you got your Birch mattress and how you tested it. Oh, right. Possibly the best part. Birch delivers your mattress right to your door for free within the U.S. It comes rolled up in a box and it's super easy to set up for yourself. And the 100 night sleep trial. Right. Not only is it way easier than going into a store and honestly, at a mattress store, you're really going to be able to tell how a mattress is to sleep on. Yeah, you have to sleep on it. With Birch, you get more than three months to make sure that you love it. If you don't, they'll pick it up for you. And I mean, right out of your bedroom and you'll get a full refund. And Birch gives you peace of mind with a 25-year warranty. Look, if you've been dreaming about a new mattress, don't wait any longer. Use our link, birchliving.com slash now you know, and you'll get $400 off your Birch mattress plus two free pillows. Those pillows, by the way, are made from recycled plastic bottles. So last Friday, we got our Ford F-150 Lightning Lariat Edition. We've already started testing it and we'll be bringing you our first in-depth this Friday. We're going to be putting it head to head with our Rivian R1T to show you how both stack up against each other. And remember, we own both these trucks, so we don't have to pull any punches. We can say what we think. That's right. We don't have to kiss butt to the manufacturers, which many other reviewers have to do. Yeah, we're going to call it like we see it. So according to an article published by Reuters last week, Tesla is having trouble getting their 4680s to full production. Yeah, Reuters cited 12 battery experts saying among the 12 battery experts Reuters spoke with, nine have close ties to Tesla and three of the nine have examined Tesla's new and old battery technology inside and out through teardowns. They went on to say they can produce in small volume, but when they started big volume production, Tesla ended up with many rejects. Too many. So even though these battery experts said that Tesla can save up to $5,500 per Model Y in battery costs with the 4680 and can reduce the number of battery welds from 17,600 down to just 1,660, they say that Tesla is having trouble scaling up production of the 4680 because the dry coating technology is still a bottleneck. Yeah, the experts also said that Tesla will save about 55 pounds per pack in weight by switching to the 4680. Okay, so this sounds like teething problems mixed with some fun. Yeah, I mean, you get a nice headline to pull the eyeballs in when you get experts who can say that Tesla is having problems with production. But are they? Uh, what do you think? Comment down below. I think, I mean, if you read between the lines, all the good stuff, I mean, the saving of money, the saving of weight, the saving of welds, like mm -hmm. all of that is the good stuff. And of course, anytime you go to a new technology, you're going to have trouble scaling it up. But I think over the long haul, Tesla's not going to have any problems scaling it up. All right. Well, write it in the comments down below. Zach. Oh, okay. 
So is Elon signaling that Powerwall production is going to start being unleashed? He tweeted this out last week. Order a Tesla Powerwall battery for blackout protection. Okay, but isn't this normal advertising for Tesla products on his 100 million plus Twitter channel? Well, Sawyer Merritt asked, Elon, can Tesla allow customers to order a Powerwall without needing to order a full solar system with it? Or is supply just too low to allow that right now? And Elon replied, for now, supply is too low, but ordering a Powerwall by itself should be possible end of year. All right. So is this a case of two weeks or is this really going to happen and everyone on the long list for Tesla Powerwalls is going to be able to get a Powerwall? Yeah, because about a year ago, Elon said that Tesla had a backlog of about 80,000 people waiting for Powerwalls. Yeah. So what do you think? Is Elon going to be able to deliver? But we might actually have some answers to that question. Last week, Harishikesh Sagar, Tesla's senior director of vehicle operations and manufacturing engineering, took over Giga Nevada and the Fremont factory from departing VP Chris Lister. Yeah, Sagar held a meeting with Gigafactory Nevada employees last week to discuss the direction of the plant, and he revealed some interesting facts and figures. Like what? Well, like Gigafactory Nevada produced 283,000 drivetrains during the second quarter of 2022, and that Tesla had a steady output of 8,800 high voltage battery packs per week. And so those are drivetrain battery packs for cars. Yep. Cigar also confirmed that Tesla produced 37,600 Powerwalls in the second quarter of this year, but it is now capable of producing over 6,500 Powerwalls per week, which should put Tesla's quarterly output over 70,000 Powerwalls. Cigar also reported that Tesla is now producing 42 megapacks per week at the Megapack factory in Lathrop, California, compared to 34 during the last quarter. Cigar also talked a lot about Giga Nevada, which he said needs to be seen as a client to the Fremont factory. And he confirmed that Tesla now has a production rate of 12,000 cars per week at Fremont and is in the process of ramping that up to 14,000 per week. Wow. Wow. Lots of good numbers out of that meeting. I mean, 42 megapacks a week. That's a lot. That is a lot. And Tesla is hiring like crazy, by the way. According to Michael Snyder, Tesla's senior energy products director of engineering and construction on LinkedIn, he says, if you or someone in your network is looking for a new role in manufacturing a transformational product and want to be a tangible part of the energy transition, take a look at positions at our mega factory in Lathrop. The factory is incredibly inspiring and you can see the future of energy storage taking form as we scale to 40 gigawatt hours of megapacks per year. Positions span across test, controls, quality, equipment, and process engineering, as well as technicians, production associates, and technical project managers. A truly unique opportunity and one that is particularly relevant as we see grids around the world being stressed to all-time levels. Hang in there, CAISO. So we get another number, 40 gigawatt hours of megapacks a year. Yeah, to put that in perspective, Tesla has only delivered about a tenth of that over the past year. So there's 37 job openings at the mega factory right now on Tesla's career website. So if you're looking for a new career. Yeah. Batteries. And speaking of batteries, according to Reuters, Tesla filed a permit with Texas's Comptroller's office to get some tax relief for a new battery grade lithium hydroxide refining facility to be built on the Gulf Coast of Texas. Interesting. Very interesting. So let's pull up a map here and see if we can figure this out. Okay, so remember that there's generally two types of lithium mining. You can pump salty water out of the ground that contains high concentrations of lithium, and then you can dry it out in pools for 18 months like they do in Chile or Bolivia. Um, or you can find spodumene deposits and dig that rock out of the ground and then refine it. Right, basically brine or hard rock. So if Tesla is building a lithium hydroxide refining facility, what does that mean? Well, I mean, it points to refining spodumene, which is mined from hard rock deposits. Hmm. I mean, because I had been thinking that if Tesla's building the facility on the Texas Gulf Coast, that it kind of pointed to Latin America. Because if you look at like shipping routes, I thought they could come right up through the Panama Canal and right into the Gulf Coast of Texas. But if this is meant for mining spodumene, then that kind of throws that theory out. This points more to miners like Piedmont and Livent over in North Carolina. But then why wouldn't you build the refining facility in North Carolina? Because like, wouldn't you want to ship as little as possible. This means you have to ship from North Carolina down to the Gulf Coast of Texas and then up to Austin. I mean, it, it does make sense having it on a coast. I mean, if you think of the Gulf Coast anyway, we get oil from everywhere. Right. If you're getting oil in from far away. But like if we're if we're actually getting the lithium from this country. Well, and that's the other question. I mean, maybe they're going to do some refinement wherever they're mining it or pulling it out of the ground, but it's not going to be battery grade. Maybe this is going to basically take 
partially refined stuff. So you, th that way you're not getting like salty water or like mostly rock. You'll be getting like mostly lithium and then you refine it down to what you need to put in a battery. I bet someone in our investor club knows more about this. <laughs> so I'm going to be going over to our investor club Slack and checking that out. If you want to support us on Patreon and join our investor club, head on over to patreon.com slash now you know right now and check it out. So Tesla has a new feature in their latest over-the-air software update, 2022.28. You can now minimize the full screen in theater mode. Yeah, the release notes say full screen theater mode can now be minimized, allowing access to vehicle controls without video playback interruption. Tap the minimize button on the top left corner of the window to toggle the full screen mode. I know. I know. It seems like who cares? Big whoop. But when you're charging at a supercharger and let's say that you're watching your Netflix show and you want to plan out your next route, you used to have to stop the video completely. It's gone now. You'd have mm -hmm. to reopen Netflix and find it again. But now you can keep watching in a minimized window while you plan your next leg on yeah. a better route planner, let's say. Exactly. And by the way, use our link down below for a better route planner because you'll get 30 free days of premium there. And it's really the perfect app for planning your trip. And we're getting word that the 2022.24 update also has another feature, which is increased charging speeds on older Teslas in Europe only at the moment. Hmm. Um, and it seems to be only cars that have 100 kilowatt hour battery packs, but the charging speeds seem to be going up to as much as 30% faster. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know how they did it. I know that Tesla had been a little conservative before to try and protect those packs, but maybe they've increased the cooling pump ratios or I don't know. But that's really cool if you own an older Tesla. And hopefully it's coming here soon for Sparky. There are different auto safety rating agencies. Here in the U.S., we have the IIHS, or the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. It's a nonprofit established in 1959, headquartered in Virginia. IIHS has rated the Tesla Model Y its highest safety rating. Yes, that's awesome. We also have NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, a government agency under the Department of Transportation. NHTSA also gave the Model Y its highest safety rating. Awesome. Heading over to Europe, Euro NCAP, or European New Car Assessment Program, has also given the Model Y its highest safety rating. Brilliant. And most recently, Australia's ANCAP, or Australasian New Car Assessment Program, is the latest auto safety agency to rate the Tesla Model Y five stars. And to show how amazing the Model Y is, let's take a look at the 2022 Kia Nero, which also got five stars from ANCAP. But look at the difference. On the top is Kia, on the bottom is the Tesla Model Y, and you can see how much better in every category the Tesla is. Yeah, even though they're both five stars, it's important to look at these numbers because it shows you there's a range even within each category. And take a look at the near-perfect scores that the Model Y got in the crash test for adult occupants. Yeah, I want to make sure that my car has a two out of two for rescue and extrication. <laughs> and I hate to bring Dan O'Dowd up again. You remember Dan O'Dowd, right? He's the fudster who claims the Teslas on full self-driving will mow down children. Yeah, that guy. Well, ANCAP said in their safety report something that goes against what crazy Dan O'Dowd claimed. ANCAP said the autonomous emergency braking system is capable of detecting and reacting to pedestrians and cyclists. The AEB system showed good performance in pedestrian test scenarios in both daylight and low light with collisions avoided or mitigated in most scenarios, including interning scenarios and some reverse AEB backovers. In cyclist test scenarios, the AEB system offered good performance with maximum points scored. Tests of the AEB car-to-car -car system showed good performance with collisions avoided or mitigated in all scenarios, including AEB junction assist where the test vehicle can autonomously brake to avoid crashes when turning across the path of an oncoming vehicle. And so this is just like a little point that when people are like, hey, what, you know, what car should I be getting? I'm always just like, you should get a Tesla. And they're like, oh, you're just so fancy schmancy. And I'm like, no, nope, I want you to live. I yep. want you to stay alive. Please continue to stay alive. You're right. It gets overlooked all the time. And because of all this FUD from people like Dan O'Dowd, you kind of think of the opposite. You think that Teslas are so scary and dangerous. They're not. And that's what really is so upsetting. Us here in this little bubble, we know that Teslas are safe, but you got to get out there and tell people. So if you want to share this video with someone, but you don't want to share our whole episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel. We chop this into a little bite-sized clip that you can share with your friends. Oh, man. Jesse, did you hear about this? The German government has found abnormalities in Tesla's autopilot software as part of a probe that they had been running since the beginning of the year. Yeah. 
I don't I mean, think I mean, luckily, according to KBA or the German Motor Transport Authority, they have now been already partially remedied by the manufacturer. But for the remaining problems, further remedial measures are still being tested and validated. So good thing they caught these abnormalities. But according to KBA President Richard Dam, he said, if we do not receive any information, we cannot rule out systems that do not comply with the rules. So I hope Tesla's working with them to fix these abnormalities. Okay, slow down, slow down. These abnormalities have absolutely nothing to do with autopilot not functioning correctly. But they're abnormalities. No, no. This is only how it relates to German law. I think that abnormalities is a poor translation. I'm not going to be blaming anybody here. I blame you. They spoke in German and then somebody wrote it down and then they put it in Google Translate and it came out with abnormalities. Okay, so explain. Basically, KBA takes issue with autopilot's automatic lane change and also the safety score system to get full self-driving beta. Um, they argue that any vehicle on the road must be so safe that it can be operated by all drivers, not just safe drivers. But Tesla isn't rolling out full self-driving beta to Germany. There is no safety score in Germany. Right. But they just don't like it. <laughs> oh, all right. So what about Richard Dam's quote about not receiving information? So this has to do with over-the-air updates. Basically, he's threatening to make it illegal to drive uh, Tesla vehicles if Tesla doesn't send the information that he wants about all over-the-air updates. You are under arrest. I'm sure that would go over well. Yeah, ban the number one selling car in Germany, waste millions of taxpayer euros from already paid out EV incentives, not to mention the tens of thousands of German Tesla owners who would be stuck with expensive lawn ornaments. It's funny because Germany never banned dieselgate cars from roads. Yeah, I mean, how come it took them so long to look into that software? Anyway, uh, that's a hollow threat if I've ever heard one. Especially since Tesla will most likely comply however the German government wants. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think there's really that much to this story other than it's sounding really bad. Yeah, because if you read the headlines again, you think, oh, Tesla's won't be able to drive in Germany. And I just I do want to say, bottom line, no way Germany's going to be able to stop Tesla now. They've already got a Giga Berlin, so they better get used to working with Tesla. Mm -hmm. So it appears that Tesla is going to be expanding into Thailand. They just posted a walk-in recruitment day in Bangkok looking for 16 different positions, all of which seem to be centered around sales, service and charging. Wow, that's awesome. Awesome! Uh, so for some context, Thailand usually buys between uh, three quarters to a million cars a year. Uh, nearly half of them are pickup trucks, by the way. Pickup trucks? Yeah. In Thailand? Yes. Either way, I'm sure our Thai viewers will be excited to finally have Tesla in Thailand. Yeah, and it's great because uh, Giga Shanghai isn't too far away. Yeah, that's right. And some more Asia Tesla news. Tesla has just started delivering Model Ys in Japan. That's exciting. I mean, I wonder when Toyota executives will start to notice. <laughs> right, because, I mean, I feel like something happened in Europe when the Tesla Model 3 started deliveries there. It's when a lot of German auto manufacturers seem to make a lot of bigger EV plans. And I hope that Toyota notices for their own sake. Yeah, I think it really depends on how popular EVs get in Japan. It's a pretty insular market. And despite what I would have thought a few years ago, it seems like they're going to fall behind in electrification. Yeah. Now, to our viewers in Thailand and Japan, you are our eyes and ears. We would love to see videos and pictures of anything that you spot out there. Yeah, send them into hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. So GM has been beating about the bush, as most car companies do when coming out with a new car. But we finally have some concrete numbers about their upcoming Chevy Equinox EV. Oh, finally. All right. So what do we got? So standard range of 250 miles with an optional 300 mile battery. Standard is front wheel drive with 210 horsepower um, with an optional all wheel drive with 290 horsepower. Although it's not clear if it's dual motor. I think it's dual motor because mm -hmm. it's built on their Ultium platform, but they didn't specify that. Uh, charging up to 150 kilowatts. Up to? Okay. It's decent at least. And last but most important is price. The base model will eventually cost $30,000. What do you mean eventually? So the Equinox will have multiple trims. According to GM, uh, the 2RS, one of the premium trims, is coming out in the fall of next year with the rest of the trims available in the spring of 2024, including the base model. Man, that's a long time to wait. Future. I mean, how much is the 2RS? They just don't say. Ah, the old, the base model will be this, but we're coming out with the premium first. <laughs> Classic. Good work, Chevy. Yeah. You're welcome.
you know, a $30,000 SUV crossover. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, especially with that range. And especially if you can get the federal tax credit for $7,500, you could get down to what? What are we talking? Twenty two five. That would be amazing for a lot of people. The big question for me is, can they deliver on that price? And then are they going to be able to make enough starting from then? So I got to ask you, we've ordered the Chevy Silverado pickup truck. Mm -hmm. Should we order an Equinox? I think so. I mean, comment down below if you think we should to check it out or whether this isn't that exciting. I mean, for that price, I think that's what might make it exciting. I think that it is exciting at that yeah. price. I'll, I'll be honest. It, that's great. Good good for you, Chevy. Eventually. Maybe. We'll see. And if you like what we're doing, please hit the like button. We really would appreciate it. And thank you to the Cybertruck Owners Club. They support this channel. Check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. There's also a crowdsourced reservation tracker, so if you've placed an order for the Cybertruck, you can find where you are in line. Over on our Now Let's Review channel, Ethan just reviewed the Jackery portable battery pack and solar panels. Yeah, I gotta say, we've been using the Jackery battery and panels for months and months now. We've tested it in every kind of condition from home backup power uses to road trips to camping. And it is awesome. I mean, it came in handy so often. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of people who know these products even exist. Um, but they do. So go check out Ethan's review of the Jackery on Now Let's Review and see what you think. I love how portable the whole thing is. It just feels so amazing to pop open the solar panels and be generating electricity. Um, it's a lot of fun from the sun. Yeah, and here's the thing. I think a lot of people think that using solar power is complicated. You know, inverters and MPPT solar converters, and uh, you gotta get the voltages to match to make sure that you have optimizing. And Nope, not with the Jackery. It's super easy, modular, plug and play. Uh, you can be set up in literally 20 seconds. Yeah, charging your laptop at a supercharger, maybe charging up your e-bike or your e-scooter. Yeah, go check out our reviews on Now Let's Review and let us know what you think about the Jackery and what you would use it for. All right, so I'm still trying to figure out what this next story is all about. Oh, you're talking about the Rivian-Mercedes-Benz van partnership? Yeah, so Rivian and Mercedes-Benz just announced that they both signed a memorandum of understanding to create a joint venture to build electric vans. So electric vans, uh, where will they be built? According to the letter, they'll utilize an existing Mercedes-Benz site in Central Eastern Europe to build an all-new electric-only production facility. They said the companies envisage production-optimized vehicle designs for efficient manufacturing on common assembly lines. They will aim to produce two large vans, one based on the Van EA, which is Mercedes-Benz van electric architecture, the electric-only platform of Mercedes-Benz vans, and the other based on the second-generation electric van, the Rivian light van platform. Further options for increased synergies from the joint venture will also be explored. Synergies. Gotta, gotta love it. Gotta have synergies. Uh, lots of synergies. Jeffries, <laughs> bring in more synergies. Put them right here and uh, some over there. Yeah, pile them up high. I want everyone to see the synergies we've got going on here, people. Right. Uh, by the window there. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Can everyone, Can everyone see all the synergy we have? Can everyone, Can everyone feel, feel the synergy? synergy? I'm sorry, sir, but I don't understand. What what are, what are synergies? How, how will they help the company? Synergies, you didn't win! Can't, Can't you see, see these synergies, synergies flowing, flowing through this boardroom? Board yeah. Synergies. Yeah. I think this signals that Mercedes-Benz is in trouble. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, Mercedes-Benz has an electric van program. So if they were so excited about it, why would they need Rivian? I think they are signaling that their platform isn't that good. And they're probably thinking, oh, the R1T looks pretty good. We could build a van on that. <laughs> right. They're looking at those uh, Rivian vans that Amazon's been buying and like, whoa, we just had some of those. And I think what you're reading between the lines, if you read this memorandum, is that Mercedes-Benz will be infusing cash into Rivian in exchange for Rivian's platform. I think that is the exchange here. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, if you look at this, it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so good for Rivian. Except, is it good for Rivian? That kind of signals that Rivian needs the cash. Well, they, they do. <laughs> Jeff, so can you write another check? No, no. Oh, we have to find cash from somewhere else? Oh, okay. So here's a story that's been brewing for about a decade. Uh, Nissan came out with the Nissan Leaf back in 2010. And in 2013, it came equipped with a feature that basically nobody used at all. What? Did people just not know about it? Oh, people knew about it. Some people would talk about it a lot. But aside from a few studies here and there, it would hardly ever be used. What? What is it? Vehicle to grid. Wait, Nissan Leafs could do vehicle to grid this whole time? Your Leaf can do vehicle to grid? Why haven't we used it before? Because we didn't have the right charger. 
In fact, you'd be hard-pressed to find one that supported it. And even if you did, it wasn't supported by Nissan. What? Yeah, Nissan just approved the first bi-directional charger to be used with the Leaf last Wednesday. What took them so long? Your Leaf came out in 2013. I have no idea what took so long. Um, but here's the charger. It's called the FE15. It's made by Fermata Energy. Here's the spec sheet. It can charge and discharge at 15 kilowatts, hence the FE15 moniker. It's UL compliant and it uses a J1772 plug and it's about 95% efficient. This is awesome. H how much is it? Uh, well, they don't say on the website. Um, so I emailed and I got a little email back and it said, thank you for reaching out. We will contact you when we want to talk to you. So uh, I don't know. It looks it looks big and expensive. That's I'm sure it just is. my thoughts, but I do not know how much it is. Well, this is great. We finally have a way to V to G our Leafs. Yes. Uh, blisteringly stupid from Nissan's perspective. I mean, why equip nine years worth of cars with this if you didn't also have some way of using it? That's like including a spare tire, but it's held in with a special bolt that you need a special wrench for and it doesn't come with a jack. And everyone's going, oh, I would love to use the spare tire. And they're going like, yep, well, no one's come out with a wrench that we like yet. Well, maybe they planned on doing the charger, but it was so expensive back then that they've just been trying to get the cost down and... And so it's been built into the cars for all these years, but they haven't figured out how to do the charger part. I don't know. Still, but why do it at all if it wasn't a selling point for most people? If you go to the dealer and they are like, well, there's this feature that we're not going to tell you about because it doesn't really exist. Like, what you know, but whatever. It is great. I'm, I'm really happy that they finally did it um, and that we have nine years worth of Leafs that are probably getting on an age and you don't really want to drive them too much. Now they're kind of like big little power walls that you can drive around. <laughs> big little power walls. I like that. <laughs> so if anyone gets their hands on one, please film a little piece for the show. Uh, we're going to reach out to Fermata more than just an email. We're going to have our producer reach out because, yeah, I want to get my hands on one of these. This is a perfect mobile battery. Yeah. And I want to know the background. So, yeah, yeah we're going to try and learn as much as we can. All right. It's time to play. What, what the heck, heck is this? this? Okay, let's put 10 seconds on the clock and ask our contestant, Jesse, here. What, what the, the heck, heck is, is this? Um, okay, it's not, not a BWID buzz. Um, I know that it looks really, it's really small. It's the e -bus. Three um, seconds left, Jesse. Um, um, is it a canoe lifestyle vehicle? I'm sorry, it's not. That was a toughie. It's the adventure won by the new Canadian startup, Potential Motors. Well, thank you for playing and being such a good sport. You'll be taking home a lifetime supply of this. What the heck is this? Exactly. Okay, but seriously, this is the adventure won by Potential Motors. Weird name. Uh, headquartered in New Brunswick, Canada. Um, they've raised $5 million to date. And I want to point out that this looks small because it is small. It's actually not an on-road vehicle. It's, it's, it's technically a UTV. Yeah, it's only 64 inches or 162 centimeters wide. And it can drive in places where normally only a UTV or utility terrain vehicle can access. So it has a full-size bed, a kitchen. And by bed, we mean a, a bed you sleep, sleep on. Sleep in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and it's a full, not a queen, <laughs> not a queen size bed or a king. Um, okay. So it is a kitchen that slides out and it's sheltered from the elements, uh, from the rear hatch. It has a built-in roof rack and steps on the side along with storage for two motorcycles. Yeah. I like that. Or e-bikes uh -huh. or e-motorcycles. Uh, so could I drive it on roads here in the U S though? So Potential Motors says that the Adventure One will be road legal in states where UTVs and off-highway vehicles can be licensed on non-highway roads. It can also be flatbed towed as a camper. Okay, so I get that you could tow it as a camper, but again, I'm not familiar with laws on this. So which states can I drive it on non-highway roads? So each state is different and it's really complicated. Um, I'd love to just pop up a map of the country color coded by state. Um, but after a ton of research, I suggest that if you're interested, you go to the links in the show notes where you can find your individual state's laws and read for yourself. I'm just reading here under Massachusetts and I can't understand <laughs> what I can and can't do. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think may, maybe I don't. You might need to call your lawyer friend and <laughs> yes. see if you can uh, figure it out. Okay, so what are some specs? So potential claims that the vehicle control system will scan the trail ahead using a curated sensor suite that can proactively adapt torque and suspension to ensure an optimal smooth ride. Okay, so that's fake. 
Okay. That sounds fake to um, me. It has 604 horsepower, 737 foot-pounds of torque. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. impressive. That's more than a Ford F-150 Lightning. Uh-huh. Okay. It's got uh, 100 miles of off-road range. Okay. So it's, probably a small battery. It's got a 2,550 liter interior volume. That's 90 cubic feet. 12.9 inch ground clearance. That's pretty good. 40 degree approach angles. 45 degree departure angles. 29 degree breakover angle. Those are good. And it is going to start at 136600 dollars a hundred and thirty six thousand dollar starting price what uh-huh uh didn't expect you to say that i i know because you know what you could do <laughs> you could buy like you could buy a hummer ev and have cash left over <laughs> you could buy, a to model- buy probably enough to buy, <laughs> buy a chevy equinox you could buy a model y and then one of the nicest campers you could find. You could buy a Model Y and just drive it into the wilderness and leave it and then go buy another Model <laughs> Y and then probably have money left over. So anyway, potential will show off a production intent prototype next month at the Overland Expo East in Arlington, Virginia. Deliveries start in 2025 with a $1,000 pre-order. So should we pre-order one? No. I don't know. It's just too no. pricey. No. And I, That's, I, look, I don't I, even know if I can drive it on the road. I feel like I could make something like this. Maybe it wouldn't have the 600 horsepower. I'll tell you what would be cool. If they could make it so you could tow it and it would contribute as a powered trailer, mm. maybe. 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 Maybe, but not at this price. No. This, that's ridiculous. Well, let's take a look at something a bit bigger. Have you seen this Monroe truck? What? Sandy Monroe's coming out with a truck? Nope. Nope. No, 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 no. Okay. Sandy Monroe is not involved. You just in this said it was a Monroe. It, uh, this is a Scottish company. Okay. Founded in 2019. They're hoping to bring this prototype, the Monroe Mark One, into production. Um, they have received uh, 750,000 euros in pre-seed funding last April. Uh, I, I don't like how it looks. The wheel arches are too high and it makes the wheels look tiny. Right. It's not a truck in the typical sense. Uh, for instance, the wheel arches are that high because it's actually going to have a suspension that needs to get the wheels that high. Oh, I see. Um, they're intending this to be used in mines and oh. other industries where rugged terrain is to be expected. OK, that's OK. So it's mainly more of a utility vehicle. So what are the stats? 80 kilowatt hour battery for a range of 168 miles or 16 hours of off highway driving i'm not sure if that means off-road or if that just means around town uh zero to 16 under five seconds it can charge up to 100 kilowatts it has really steep uh approach and departure angles 80 and 70 degrees wow um it has a one meter waiting depth <laughs> okay but i'm sorry 80 degrees is like that yes i mean that's the approach that you can and wow. i don't know if you can drive up that but it can, okay you can approach it yes and a one meter waiting depth wow so when are they coming out um so scaled production is supposed to be coming next year all right so i assume a very small market for this right um, i mean this company is tiny yeah right? seven hundred fifty thousand euros in pre-seed like <laughs> i don't even, i don't even know what that gets you that gets you a couple guys in a garage i'm <laughs> yeah. assuming and some cad and i think these are gonna be hand built okay so I, but I mean, for mining, that's interesting. I yeah. don't. I still don't understand. Is this just to drive the executive down into the mine? Like you can't, I, or to tow a trailer? They, like, we're talking about you know moving personnel and and okay. stuff like that. So I mean, I think that there's a lot of things where it's like the bridge has been washed away and we need to get somewhere. I don't know. I feel like if this had come out five years ago mm. and was just about to hit production, you know, in 2016, great. But now that you've got a lot of trucks coming out, like why wouldn't you just pick up an R1T? I just don't think that the R1T is as capable as this off-road. I mean, it's really made for not roads. Okay. Well, how'd you like to see a CGI video of an EV that doesn't even exist yet? Another one. Here's the M-Train SUV from Chinese state-owned Dongfeng. It's under their Mengxi brand. Now, we don't know much about it yet since it's not real, but it can be equipped with a 140 kilowatt hour battery pack for 500 kilometers or 310 miles of range. That would be not EPA range, but Chinese range. Mm-hmm. It will weigh 6,000 pounds. As you can see, it can crab walk just like the uh, EV Hummer, mm-hmm. and you can get it with four motors. It'll also be offered in a pickup truck version like the EV Hummer, and it should be reaching the Chinese market next year. So comment your thoughts down below. I think what they kind of did here was they looked at the EV Hummer and they're like, let's copy it. <laughs> sure. And yeah. I'll, I'll bet they got their hands on one. 
and they reverse engineered it and they came up with some of the features of it. Because this to me, even the removable top glass pieces and stuff, like it looks like they just copied it. So do we have a price? What, do we have a price? We don't even have a truck. It's, <laughs> it's CGI. Like So, I mean, yeah, I think it's completely possible because they could charge whatever they want for it. But I think, you know, if it is going to be a Chinese truck, it's probably not going to be that expensive. Okay. I don't know. For a 140 kilowatt hour battery pack, not yeah, expensive. No, right. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. We'll see about that. According to a tweet from Tesla, we will now be able to vote on new supercharger locations. Yeah, you can respond to the tweet with your suggestions and the ones with the most likes will get included in the poll. So it's not just as simple as tweeting out your idea. You got to get people to like your idea. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you, like, where would you like to see new superchargers? I mean, locally around here. And I know that that's not the use of superchargers normally, um, but locally. I am so happy. Yeah. I, Any cardinal direction that I'm heading on a highway, I have a supercharger within like 15 or 20 miles. Of yeah. Me. I think they've actually got all the low hanging fruit and now mm -hmm. they're asking people so they can just find out some little places like little gems they didn't know about. Yeah. So this is really important, guys. Go on there and tweet out your ideas for really good supercharger locations. Now, don't be don't make them a block from your house. OK, <laughs> I know you could. Yeah. But pick places that you think would be really great locations and be specific about right. where you want them. Don't just say the town. Yeah. Say like what exit or whatever. Right. Especially if you know what you're talking about. All right. It's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And you can use our discount code now, you know, to get 100 blades for free when you order your Henson Shaver. That's 200 shaves for free. So Uber has just announced a 10-year partnership with autonomous vehicle maker Neuro to deliver food in the U.S. to Uber Eats customers. So Neuro is this driverless, autonomous electric vehicle that holds a lot of food. So the deal will start this fall in Mountain View, California and Houston, Texas, and it'll expand to the rest of the U.S. over the next 10 years. To give you some sense of scale, Uber Eats currently works with 825,000 merchants over 11,000 cities around the world. So I think this is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, it's good for local businesses. If you're in a city, you order this stuff locally. It's not like Amazon where it can come from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. I also think it's going to help government regulators to understand autonomous cars. So mm. one of the big things that's going to slow down adoption of autonomous cars, in my opinion, are that government regulators are going to be like, what the heck? People don't drive them. Um, but if they've seen like, oh, yeah, I just got my lunch from that little thing. They're going to start to understand how it works. Yeah. And it should bring down the price of food deliveries, which I think that a lot of people, you know, during the pandemic, we were like, oh, I, it's good to get my food delivered. Now we're going like, I could just go out to eat and spend the same amount since I'm going to be tipping my driver. Yeah, you should be able to get rid of about a third the cost because that's generally the cost of the driver. But you will have to get off your couch because Neuro is not going to drive it into your living room. It could if you had a, a big door. <laughs> People will start installing big it's, doors. It's electric. <laughs> I mean, who cares? Or, I mean, in California, you guys sit in your garages a lot of time, right? So it could just open the garage door and don't have to get off the couch. All right, it's time for Going Green, sponsored by EcoWare. And we are extending our Artemis sale due to the delay of the launch. So uh, if uh, Boeing could just uh, get on that, we're losing a lot of money because we're, we're giving 5% off every order when you use the code Artemis1. Yeah, keep in mind, it's not SpaceX doing the delay, it's SLS. So we have some brand new to the moon themed items on the store this week. We don't know how long it's gonna take for the rocket to work because it's not SpaceX. So while you wait, take a nap using our Nebula sleep mask. And while you nap, Charge your phone with our moon charger. And then when you get up to go to the bathroom in your moon to wear, put on your space slippers to keep your feet nice and warm. And EcoWare is completely carbon offsetting everything about your purchase from the manufacturing to the shipping to the life cycle of your purchase. And on top of that, we plant trees for every order and we help cap methane spewing oil wells with the Well Done Foundation. Start positive conversations today with carbon negative products at EcoWare. Stellantis Jeep has just announced that it will finally start to make electric Jeeps. Don't say Stellantis Jeep. Just it's just Jeep. I just want to remind everybody who owns Jeep. They're in the car company soup. That is Stellantis. <laughs> anyway, they're coming out with four new electric Jeeps by 2025. We got the Wagoneer. We got the Avenger and the Recon. And that's it. You said there were four Jeeps. That was only three. That's all they showed off. There will be a Wrangler, but it might stay a hybrid. Okay, so when are they coming out? By the end of 2024. Okay, <laughs> and uh, what are the prices? Oh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. When will you learn? You don't get the prices now. You get them later 
only if you've been good and eat all your broccoli. <laughs> all right, it's time for sunspots. All right, so what do you get, Jesse, when you cross an EV charger, a tree, and an umbrella? I'm stumped. This. What am I looking at? This is the solar tree from London-based Solar Botanic Trees. Okay. Any specs? Solar Botanic says that it can generate five kilowatts. Sheffield University will be testing the solar tree prototype soon on their campus. So please, viewers in the area, keep your eyes open for it and send us photos and videos of it in action. The solar tree is supposedly going to use an AI-driven energy storage and management system that will regulate the power and the trees can be linked to form a local grid. The first tree should be available early next year, and the company claims that it'll be affordable once they reach mass production, which they plan to do over the next 36 months. Cool. I think it's more than cool if they can pull it off. Sure. No, I just I mean, don't know if they can pull it off. Yeah. I mean, I feel like over a parking lot, it doesn't need to look, you know, super fancy. And I feel like I'd rather have my whole car covered with the with, the, you know, solar. But that, that's fine. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, especially if maybe small businesses could get them in their parking lots. Yeah. I think it would really you'd be like, oh, what is that? Let me stop. And also if it eliminated the need for plugging into the grid so mm -hmm. that like if your company was like, well, we don't really have enough power here. And you'd be like, well, the sun will make it for you. And hey, if you're looking to go solar, we want to help everyone do it. Um, we've been working with two great companies, one in Europe and one in America. If you live in Europe and you're thinking about going solar, but you have questions, then reach out to our friends at Svea Solar. They're one of the largest solar companies in the world. Yeah, we are solarizing our producer's beautiful house in Casa Castle in Marbella as we speak with Svea Solar. So if you live in Europe, Sweden, Germany, Spain, the Netherlands, Belgium, with more countries coming soon, so reach out to Svea Solar. The links are down below. You can choose to prepay your solar solution and get an EV charger with a 50% discount or select the pay-as-you-go solar energy solution with no upfront fees and get the first six months for free. Both offers are valid until November 1st, so don't wait. Reach out to Svea Solar today. And here in America and Canada, if you want to become your own small energy provider with solar on your roof, then talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They'll help you go solar for less. And they'll answer all your questions for free. Link is down below. And let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories, because today we got two. We got Marianne and John Tia and little Nicholas. They sent us this video contributor story about a bunch of Teslas at a rail station in Texas. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Marianne and Nicholas. We are in Hutto, Texas. We just drove by. We are on Farm Road 3349 and Highway 79. And right behind us, as my son just pointed, <laughs> uh, it's a small rail yard with a whole bunch of Teslas. It looks like they're uh, putting them on uh, freight trains over there to the right and uh, shipping them across the U.S. It's a small little rail stop right here. Now you know. So if you're curious like we were about this rail yard location, Marianne gave us a little map info. Um, here is the rail yard, and it's about 30 miles away from Giga, Texas, uh, on Highway 79 between Hudo and Taylor, Texas. So thank you for the sleuthing. Good, yeah. good job stopping, getting the video. Loved it. I love having these reporters out in the field. Yeah. And we also have our patron, Tony. He sent us this video contributor story about a select track tractor that he had at his company's field. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is Tony in California. Today I am at my place of work at the Rodale Institute. We are a 501c3 nonprofit that conducts agricultural research on organic farming. And our organization has been doing that for 75 years. I myself work at the California Organic Center, which is a satellite research station here in Camarillo, California. Yesterday, we had our field day, which was pretty well attended, and one of the exhibitors who came was Selectrac Electric Tractors, and they brought their CET 25 horsepower compact tractor. Uh, there are several farmers around us who use very similar machines to this that are diesel powered, uh, but I was pretty impressed with the torque and the power that this E25 compact tractor had. Uh, and also by the price point. So the list price on this is actually in the range of like $27,000, but about a month or so ago, the state of California rolled out a new rebate program where you can get $16,000 off as an instant rebate for this tractor. So that brings the price for this tractor to like $11,000, which I think is a screaming deal. And uh, I'm you know, encouraging my organization to seriously consider it so we could have some, 
you know, zero emissions um, <laughs> agricultural research here uh, at our station. And I think it could be a pretty useful tool. We don't yet have a tractor with a front bucket, so that's pretty useful. And some of our most common bed sizes uh, are 40 inch beds, which this tractor can pretty much clear. So you could just cultivate one 40 inch bed at a time. And kind of like an example, what you'd see here uh, would be like these pumpkins that were growing here. Got these pumpkins on 40 inch beds. This is pretty standard. On a larger scale, you'd have a larger tractor that straddles two beds at a time. Um, so, you know, if you're doing something on the scale of uh, 100 acres or so, you'd want a larger tractor. But since we're a research station and we have small plots and you can kind of see like the size of this pumpkin plot, you know, there's some cotton over there. And then we have like some cover crops and stuff here in the foreground. Oops, getting too much of the dawn. Uh, a small tractor like this is actually pretty appropriate and it's probably also a really appropriate tool for homesteaders and you know people with some uh, five ten acre properties where they just got a bunch of different uh, tasks going around but if you're in California I uh, just wanted to let you know there's a very attractive rebate available for this tractor makes it uh, a pretty sweet deal anyways now you know. Wow. $16,000 rebate in California. I didn't know about that. That yeah. changes the whole game. That Thank is you, Tony. a deal. Yeah, I hope you guys can get one. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. We've got an Investor Club bonus story this week, and we've got a story about upcycled Toyota Corollas. You're going to want to see that. Uh, the new Maserati. we got the ID Extreme. And the Bollinger might be back in production. So check those out over on Patreon.com slash now you know. It's only a buck a month. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These are people who are going to get their names shouted out now. And then on the end credits of the show forevermore, who do we got? We got Diego Ruiz, Denise Barnes, Charlie M, Jimmy D, David Banks, and Rick Tennyson. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. All right, so we got a Patreon poll this week. And again, if you want to join us for these polls, they're over on Patreon every week. What do we got? Uh, Will Full Self-Driving Beta 10.69.2. Be mind-blowing. Yeah, because, right, I heard from Tesla owner Silicon Valley that it is mind-blowing. Uh, what do people say? Well, here's what they think. Hmm. All right, well, I can't wait till we get it in your car. It should be any day now. Yeah. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week, and we had so many this week. We're going to put the bonus ones over on Patreon, so go check that out. Uh, here are the ones that you're going to be seeing today. Uh, SpaceX tweeted out Falcon 9 launches 51 Starlink satellites and space flights Sherpa LTC to orbit. Elon said, more Starlinks reach orbit. Holmar's catalog said, overall, you will be blown away by Tesla's full self-driving beta 10.69. Elon isn't kidding. By year end, this thing will be incredibly reliable. You can feel it. Elon says 10.69.2 has a relatively small number of code changes, but their practical effect will be significant. Release of 10.69.2, probably end of week, needs a bit more polish. And Holmar's catalog said, who is ready to get 10.69.2 this weekend? Elon said it's looking good so far. Elon did go on to say that the team found a bug causing an 8% delay in detecting pedestrians at over 50 meters. That's been fixed, so rolling out tonight. Hmm. Dirty Tesla said pedestrian detection seems pretty superhuman to me on 10.69.1.1. Was this a new bug with 69.2? And Elon said, yes. Hmm. And then let's talk about that new show, Rings of Power. Elon said Tolkien is turning in his grave. Almost every male character so far is a coward, a jerk, or both. Only Galadriel is brave, smart, and nice. Those who claim any criticism of Rings of Power means you're racist are outing themselves as closet racists. Peter Jackson did excellent work with Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit was stretched too far for a short book. And then Doge Designer tweeted out this meme. And Elon laughed at it. And then another meme tweeted out. And Elon laughed at that. <laughs> Holmar's catalog said, California raises grid emergency as blackout threat grows. This From this Bloomberg article. Elon said, more solar and batteries needed. Batteries are great at dealing with peak demand. And Holmar's catalog said, imagine if someone just figured out nuclear fusion or something, and then we had limitless clean energy, Elon. Elon said, fusion would be expensive energy, given difficulty of obtaining and transporting source fuel, plus maintaining the reactor. Far better to use the sun thermonuclear reactor with no need to refuel or service. He went on to say the primary solution to a sustainable energy future is solar wind with batteries for when sun doesn't shine or wind doesn't blow interconnected with conventional high voltage lines. No unknown technology is needed. Hydro plus geothermal plus fission will also be non-trivial contributors. 
In Ways 4, Tesla said Mark Jacobson out of Stanford said wind is the best, followed by concentrated solar, the use of mirrors to heat a fluid, geothermal, tidal, rooftop solar panels, wave, and hydroelectric, and all as part of a package deal, but he recommended against nuclear? Elon said solar panels, ground mount, and rooftop paired with stationary batteries will be civilization's primary source of energy as sure as day follows night. Mark these words. And Mark went on to say, sounds logical. If we don't have sunlight for an extended period of time, life will fizzle out anyways as everything relies upon its energy. Elon said exactly. Ecosystem is almost entirely dependent on sun already. Civilization's energy needs are absurdly tiny compared to what the sun sends us for free, which is about a gigawatt hour a day per square kilometer. Assuming 25% efficient PV cells at 0.8 surface coverage. Austin said, so Tesla gets to charge me $100 to change my appointment within 24 hours, but this appointment has been scheduled for two weeks and they're just now telling me this? Service needs to be addressed. Elon says, you're right. We should credit Tesla owners $100 if we change appointments with less than 24 hours notice. Should be reciprocal. So kind of agreeing with everyone who had been up in arms about this $100 charge. Which means he probably didn't come up with it. He said, note, I am putting a lot of time personally into advancing Tesla service to make it awesome. Hopefully this is starting to be felt by Tesla owners. Went on to say Tesla North America aiming for greater than 50% same hour service. But Bennett said, can Tesla service please start focusing on the quality of repairs and customer service? Far too often customers are receiving their vehicles back with damage that wasn't there before the visit and are treated poorly by reps. Elon says, please let me know when that happens. Now, I think this is Elon's way of having a shot go across the bow of Tesla service centers mm-hmm. to say like, you got to up your your quality. Mm-hmm. Zach said, hopefully Apple partners with SpaceX Starlink to help connectivity with the new iPhone 14 via emergency SOS with the satellites. Elon said, we've had some promising conversations with Apple about Starlink connectivity. iPhone team is obviously super smart. For sure, closing link from space to phone will work best if phone software and hardware adapt to space-based signals versus Starlink purely emulating cell tower. I think this is a huge tweet. Keep that in mind. Elon said, a major Fed rate hike risks deflation. Mm -hmm, Giving us some macroeconomics. And then some advice for people out there. He said, take material science 101. You won't regret it. And astronomy, too. He went on to tweet that FSD beta 10.69.2 rolling out now. Please note that top priority is safety, so expect it to be overly cautious, especially around pedestrians. Looks good to roll out to all Tesla owners with 10.12.2, about 100,000 cars. Holmar's catalog says, I presume you will dial in safety margin as neural net performance is validated by real world usage. And Elon said real world validation and billions of miles of real world training are what will make FSD superhuman. And then Tesla owner Silicon Valley asked, can we get a quieter Joe mode? And Elon said, I guess we could make Joe mode quieter. And so, I mean, Joe mode is basically for like when you're like driving and a lot of people are quiet or asleep. And then then the car goes, hey, what's going on? Notification here. And you're like, so you put on Joe mode and then it's and it goes boop, boop, boop. And people don't wake up. Gotcha. So they're going to make it even quieter. I'm all in favor of that. Okay. Although we'll have to see what it's a party pooper. It's too soft. Um, It's not notifying. We need it to enough. be. Well, actually, we need it to be really loud. All right. It's time for community mail time. Community mail time. Craig sent us this black R1T spotted in Colorado. He says this is the third Rivian I've seen in Fort Collins, Colorado already. Christopher from Burlington, Ontario in Canada said, I spotted this F-150 while going to the gym, which had a great looking matte dark gray wrap on it. Also had some bigger tires and new wheels on it, which gave it more of an aggressive look. Tried to wait a bit so I could talk to the owner, but no luck. So far, I've seen about four or five lightnings in my area. It's great to see them finally hitting the road. Can't wait for you guys to get yours so you can put it to the test. We got it. We got it. Andy sent us this picture of his Cupra born charging at a supercharger in Spain. He said no problems at all with connection and a reasonable rate of charge. And he said he managed to get 130 kilowatts of speed. Uh, Vishnu wrote to say, I spotted this Rivian owned by Florida Power and Light charging on the Florida Turnpike Service Plaza in Canoe Creek, just south of Orlando. Notice the license plate. F-P-L-E-V-O-L. Thanks for doing all you do. And he says he's a ham like you, Jesse. So he said, congrats on your new license. Thank you. Tom sent us this Rivian with a bike rack and camper on the top at Independence Pass in Colorado. Quinn sent us these pictures from a Rivian service center. But Quinn, you got to tell us where. (laughs) Where is it? Stu spotted this Rivian Charger at Chrissy Field East Beach near the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. I think we've seen this before. Uh, Level two charging, two stalls. He says most days there were just Teslas charging there. 
Dave sent us this picture of a supercharger being iced. He says, funny thing is, there were three open spaces closer to the door of the Wawa gas station. I mean, I get how frustrated you are, but the signs do technically say 15-minute general parking, so he's they're technically allowed to park there. Even though I think that the rules are wrong. Yeah, the rules are wrong. Mike sent us this bright Model Y at the Northridge Fashion Center Mall in California. Keith sent us this dash cam video of a Model 3 made to look like the General Lee from Dukes of Hazard. I know you're too young for this, but I remember the General Lee. That was pretty cool. Ben says, hey, Zach and Jesse, big fan of the show. During my last vacation, I stopped at a busy supercharger and saw some nice custom wrapped Teslas, a mint green Model 3, looked way better in person than the photo, a Model Y with a cool beehive pattern. Behind the supercharger, there were four spots to charge other EVs. And to my surprise, I saw a Ford Mach-E X, which I've never seen before in Germany. The owner was very friendly and let me have a look around and inside. And I'm always surprised how other car manufacturers can't seem to get the same storage space as a Tesla. The frunk and trunk had way less space than my Model Y, but the car looks a lot bigger keep doing what you're doing much love from germany thanks ben leonardo sent us this funky model 3 he spotted near huntsville alabama is this what happens when you spill a bunch of paint on the tesla and joseph sent us this cool looking model 3 in baxter minnesota all right it's time for supercharger reviews and uh, let's see what we got out there in the world i am brody wilson home with the tesla owners club of arkansas and i'm here with lindsey white general manager of lindsey's resort we've just had an event here we had five teslas and Lindsay, why don't you tell us about how come Lindsay's Resort is such a magnet for Teslas here in what would otherwise be a charging desert in Arkansas? <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> so we're here on 16 acres. Um, we have cabins, we have camping, RV sites, uh, we have guided fishing trips, and we have Tesla chargers, uh, 16 total. Uh, we have them on a few of the cabins. We have them by our office and restaurant and our conference facility where we're at here. Um, so you're more than welcome to stop by and charge. You have the availability to stay in a cabin and charge while you're staying. We have a restaurant site. Um, we sell beer and wine and cocktails. We have great food. Uh, it's right here in the, in the Little Red River right next to us. It's beautiful. Okay, thank you. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Emily. I'm coming to you today from Santa Barbara, California at the State Street Supercharger. This is a newer charger, version 3, with 250 kilowatt charging. At this location, we have 16 chargers total, all backing in. No trailer pull-through spots. It has 12 along the back wall and then four up here. Location-wise, it was very conveniently located off of the 101 freeway here. We're headed up to Solvang today and that's a great kind of stop along the way. Amenities were okay. There's a lot of places here to eat. Bathrooms were a little bit harder. We had to go into the local grocery store, um, but overall we'd give it a 9 out of 10 for location to the freeway and 250 kilowatt charging. Now you know. Hello world. I'm here in Austria in Eberstallzell at the new supercharger. It has 12 V3 stalls. There's a Burger King and a fuel station nearby. There are also five other stalls with hyperchargers. And the company behind all this is this uh, construction company. They make uh, sustainable construction. And I give this a uh, 9 out of 10. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. My name is Steve. I'm standing here in Menominee, Wisconsin, next to our new 250 kilowatt charging station. There are eight stalls, which are located in the parking lot of the Marketplace Food Store. In easy walking distance to the north, there's uh, some fast food restaurants and a coffee shop. On the other side of the Walgreens, there's a hotel. And down there, there's some more fast food restaurants, as well as another coffee shop. Overall, I'd rate this at least an 8 out of 10. And now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. I really appreciate it. If you want to submit your own, you can head over to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. And we have a section where you can look at all the Supercharger Reviews on a big, nice map, and you can submit your own. Remember to be harsh now, you know, six, sevens, that's yeah, fine. Five is a good Supercharger. Exactly. Ten is... Someone came out and washed your car. <laughs> All right, what do we got for new superchargers in the world, Jess? We got number 86 in South Korea is the 12 stall in Busan at Gijang, South Korea. We got number 50 in Pennsylvania, the 8 stall in Easton. We got the 4 stall, 150 kilowatt in Taipei at Songshang in Taiwan. Number 52 in Taiwan is the 4 stall, 120 kilowatt in Taitung at Runner's House. We got the 8 stall in Big Pine Key, Florida. We got a 3 stall in Lisboa, Macau. 
Number 26 in Mexico is the four stall in Santa Ana, Mexico. Number 300 in California is the 20 stall in Vallejo at Salena Avenue in California. We got the three stall at Zunyi at Wuyu Plaza, China. Oh, we're starting to see the Chinese superchargers Here they now. come. We got the three stall in Chongqing at Dazu Waiyu Plaza in China. We got the three stall at Nantong at Chongqing Daijing, China. Number 884 in China is the three stall in Haihe at the Yangying Jiangyu Hotel in China. We got number three in Greece. It's the four stall at Atlanti Northbound. Number 24 in Connecticut is the 12 stall at Rocky Hill. Number 54 in Virginia is the 12 stall in Fairfax at Fairfax Boulevard, Virginia. Number 87 in Texas is the 12 stall in Beaumont at Walden Road. And number 69 in New York and 1,484 in the U.S. and 3,685 in the world is the 8 stall in Syosset at Jericho Turnpike, New York. Nice. Woo. Getting into the big numbers now. Well, you made it to the end of the show. I'm excited because we're about to just run out to our Ford F-150 right now and start reviewing it. Make sure you stay tuned on Friday for In-Depth. We're going to be pitting the F-150 versus the Rivian in a lot of head-to-heads. So uh, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I like a lot of the features in the F-150. Um, I think that we're going to be fighting a little bit mm. about which things we like better and not so good. Yeah, it's it's got features, but it they're kind of gimmicky and a little plasticky. Maybe, we'll, or maybe they're great. Uh, we'll, wait to see. We'll talk about it. Yeah. So make sure you subscribe and hit the bell button because that's how you're going to get notified of all the new episodes that are coming out. And I just want to point out, how many YouTubers out there have both the Rivian and the Ford F1 T not given to them by the manufacturers mm-hmm. so they're like, make sure it's a good review. Mm-hmm. These are ours. We can say whatever we want about them and we will. And uh, pretty soon we're going to have the Cybertruck, the Silverado, maybe the Endurance. I mean, maybe the Hummer. Like we're going to be pitting them all against each other. Yeah. So yeah, definitely stay tuned. Uh, hit the like button if you haven't already. Thank you so much for watching to the end. I really appreciate it because I stuck around to the end. Um, we'll see you next week. Now, now you know. know.